Today's lesson is from the chapter or the Gospel of Luke. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. And then he took him, put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Be seated. Thank you, Vicki. Let's pray. God, send your spirit among us and in each one of our hearts. You promise always to show up in this living word with um, a word for each of us as we make our way in this life. Open our hearts, our lives, our minds to the power of this word. Amen. So it popped up on my Instagram feed. The message was from Calm, a mindfulness app. The message read, feeling anxious? Get grounded by naming five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can feel, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. Let's imagine we are the man in the ditch. The one we don't know much about. He's not given a name or a description, but we do know from Jesus' telling that he was walking the road from Jerusalem to Jericho where he was attacked. He was robbed, stripped, beaten, and left for almost dead. Let's imagine that he is still conscious how would he respond to these questions? Well, I can't really see much. One of my eyes is swollen shut. I do see a bit of light, so I can tell it's daytime. I see vaguely a group of bushes. 
I can see that my body is bare. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I can't get up, and my tunic is no longer wrapped around my body. Even though I'm laying on the ground, I sense a figure in the distance on the other side of the road. My heart is racing. Does that person see me? Will they see me? Have they come to hurt me more or help me? I hear the squawking of birds and the rustling of the wind. I can now hear footsteps and a tapping of a walking stick. What seems to be coming closer now sounds more distant. Is someone coming close to me or walking by me? I feel pain, the throbbing of my head, the relentless burning in my leg. It is harder and harder to breathe. I'm anxious. I'm worried about my family. Will they know what happened to me? Will they make it without me? Am I going to die? I am praying, please, someone see me. Come close and help me. I smell the warmth of the air and the dustiness of the ground where I am laying hovers near my nose. I taste blood in my mouth. I am so thirsty. You know this story. Someone eventually does come close, close enough so they are moved with compassion to help this suffering man. And this person stops at nothing. He risks his own safety to help him, to tend to his wounds, to move him to a place of safety, to stay with him while he comes back to life. And he even pulls in others in the community, like the innkeeper, to help take care of this man. He does not do this for praise or for a tax write-off. He does it because this life is truly life when we see people and come close to them and do what we need to do for the sake of another. Of all these things the beaten man is feeling or thinking, he never gives voice to requirements for the kind of person who he wants to help him. He doesn't pray for an upright Jewish man to help him who has studied the Torah and who has been brought up in a God-fearing home. No, he just needs help, someone to see him and help him. Love and compassion cannot be held in stereotypes or limited by age, gender, race, religion, or sexual identity. The scandal in this story is that Jesus tells in response to this Jewish teacher and leader, he says the one who came close, who did everything right, is a Samaritan. Samaritan and Jews hated each other. The rift runs deep. Jesus, just verses before this story, was rejected by Samaritans. His disciples wanted to rain down fire and destroy them. It can be difficult for us to equate the offensiveness of Jesus' story in our lives today, but let's try. Think of someone you despise. Think of someone you do not like, whether it's a specific person or it's a group or category of people. And then know Jesus, God made flesh, 
knows that this person you cannot stand is actually the model of how you should live. The one who shows mercy, the one who lives life like we are supposed to live. Do you feel the sting? The one you cannot stand is the one that God sees standing. God sees something good in them and know that they have something to contribute. They are called in this world and then we are meant to go and do the same. And this is where I have to stop in this story because I'm not sure I can do this. Jesus pushes the limits too far for where my heart can go. We are okay with people like us doing good, but when people we don't feel worthy are investing and doing life right, then everything gets messed up and we feel out of control. Yet remember, the man lying in the ditch, remember all that he was seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and smelling? He just needed help. And who he thought might help did not. But someone he did not expect came near and changed his life. He was healed and restored. He was brought back to his family and into the community. I don't think this story is given to us or spoken to us today for us to solely make a change in the charity we do in this world. I think this story is given to us to drive us back to our need for a God who makes his kingdom known with all of our senses. A God who will stop at nothing to see the good in people and to help us see what we cannot see on the surface. To move beyond the prejudices that we are born with and the privileges that we cannot see ourselves. Faithful living Eternal abundant life is not memorizing rules or doctrines or living within some kind of lines. It is being open to everything and everyone around us because God is made known there. The lawyer asked Jesus, how am I to gain eternal life, a life worth living? Love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Loving God means knowing you are not God and trusting even when we are pulled from our comfort zone. On our own, we cannot do this. That is why we are called back to this story, this living word, God will stop at nothing for the sake of this world. He is redefining love, its boundaries, what it can look like, how far it will go. God is calling you today to let go of the reins and the limits, to see, hear, feel, smell, and taste eternal life, the gift of life given in everyday things and held within each person. For as much as Jesus is calling that lawyer and us to be a neighbor, he's also calling us to notice the neighborliness of people around us. They're given to us to learn to enter their story and to trust that God will show up there. God chooses us to embody his vision for the world in our presence and in our actions, and there's no limits to this love.
This is both startling and life-giving. I shared a couple weeks ago that I attended the middle school urban immersion trip. We traveled a whole 20 miles for the weekend to immerse ourselves in a different place, to learn about how that neighborhood in Minneapolis lived, about the reality of food insecurities, about refugees and their life coming to the US, to taste and see life from a different point of view. We had really good adult coverage. It was me, it was Rich Holloquay, our director of faith formation, another middle school mom, Sarah, and the retreat center where we stayed was the workplace of Summer Anthony, another leader. We were surrounded by knowledge and experience. And on Saturday afternoon, we went to Trinity Con Congregation in the Re Cedar Riverside area. Have you spent much time there? We toured the city blocks, which is the densest popu population of Somalians in the world, in the country. It felt like a foreign country to us, so different than the shopping districts of Vicksburg and Highway 55. As we were heading back, we encountered a group of women and children celebrating the Somalian Independence Day. A woman named Anyan welcomed our group. She asked us to sit and then served us all hot Somalian tea in the 90 degree weather. Anyan is waiting for her children to join her in the US. Imagine that. And while she waits, she has become auntie to all the children in the neighborhood and the support system for their mothers. She's a community builder and a teacher, a guardian and a person of peace. During a weekend where I thought the Mount Olivet adults would teach and guide, we encountered Anyan, who is of different race and religion, yet she was given to us to welcome us and to teach us about their neighborhood. And it came through the taste of hot tea burning our tongues, the smell of sambusas, the feel of hot, muggy summer days, and the sounds of kids playing and others talking in a language we could not understand. It was not what we were expecting. It pushed our limits. It was a glimpse of eternal and abundant life. The spirit of the living God is calling you to finish the story in your life. What are five things you can see? What are four things you can hear? What are three things you can feel? What are two things you can smell? What is one thing you can taste? Where is God in these things? And where is your neighbor? Go and do likewise. Amen.